Welcome into the Monday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. It's a winning podcast. Your New Orleans Saints defeated the Arizona Cardinals last night 31-9 to to go on to 7-1 for the season, coming off of a six-game win streak going into the bye. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by John DeShazer, and we have a special guest on the show today, ESPN's Mike Triplett. Mike, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Of course, it's a it's a winning Monday, so we're all good here at the Oshner Sports Performance Center. Happy to kind of have a week off. I think uh, just as much as the players need a, a bye week, I think we need it a little bit over here. <laughs> yeah, you know, we can re- refresh ourselves and try to think about different ways to write about victories since it's getting so monotonous now, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Mike, you've seen a lot of winning post-game press conferences from Drew Brees, but other than the Super Bowl, of course, have you ever seen a smile plastered on Drew's face like you did yesterday after mif- missing five weeks of football and finally coming back? Yeah, he was he was in a pretty good mood and and rightfully so. Um, I you know I was debating whether or not to use the word emotional when I wrote about him in my story, but I mean uh, emotional makes you think like you know tearing up and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there was definitely uh, some pep in his step, and uh, um, I think he felt really good about getting back to work. And I thought it was even you know really interesting uh, that Mike Neighbors from from Cox Sports Television tweeted out later that he was being pretty open about. You know, I, I know that I'm on borrowed time now. I, my career has already gone longer than than I expected it to. So I want to play every game I can and make the most of every game. And he certainly did that yesterday. It's, it's hard for all the people that were like, you know, make him rest another week to, to, to have wanted to take that game away from him because it, it was a pretty amazing performance. Hey, Mike, when we talked to him last week, he seemed a little reflective even on Wednesday. Did, did you get that sense where he was kind of – not necessarily, as you as as you said, emotional, but he, he kind of understands where he is in his career and, and what this all means to him. Yeah, but, I, you know, he's always been that way, though, too. I mean, when he talks about – we talk about different records or milestones or talk about, you know, past performances. Like, I, you know, he's, he, he's a guy that clearly appreciates doing this for a living and is obviously competitive as competitive as anyone we've ever been around covering this team, it, you know, he, he's not a robot about this stuff. Like he's, he's played 19 years and he's driven to play because he's really into this. <laughs> you know, my, after, after five weeks out now, I don't know if yesterday would have been a realistic expectation except for a guy like Drew Brees. I mean, you know, on one hand, did it surprise you? But on the other hand, did it not surprise you the way he played? Well, here's the one, the way he played. Yeah, well, I mean, him playing did not surprise me at all because I, I was joking with people, you know, who, who kept thinking he was supposed to wait longer. I'm like, the only reason we knew it was supposed to be six weeks is because Drew went on the radio and said it was supposed to be six weeks. But in the next breath, he said, and, I, and I'm going to beat it. Like, <laughs> so it's like right then and there, he should be like, all right, he's coming back in five weeks. But, um, yeah, I, I thought maybe we would see some rust. Um I thought we might see a more conservative game plan. I thought we wouldn't see as many shots down the field, although he did have a lot more success on shorter passes. He didn't necessarily hit uh, on the long pass attempts. But um, um, he didn't just look like, oh, wow, he looks pretty good. It, it, it was one of his better passing performances that we've seen in, in, in the last year, I think. He, he looked really sharp, I thought. You know, when you look at this team and, and what they've – undergone so far you know five weeks without drew a couple of weeks without alvin Kamara, um the the knicks that this team has had and yet 
you know, a six-game winning streak. Uh, I guess what does that say about not just Sean Payton, but I guess about Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland too? Yeah, no, the whole team and, and, and really the defense um, kind of, you know, the defense has always been like, uh, you know, played some really good games, but they've never they've never been quite under the microscope. Like, hey, hey, do you guys mind taking this one for us for a month? Because uh, uh, the offense, uh, the offense could really use you. And I think they were they were eager to step up to that that demand on them. I just put, you know, everybody's been writing about their yardage stats. They, their defense has been better than the Patriots in yards allowed over the last five weeks. It's, it's really been an impressive run for them. And, you know, I mean, I think this is what in the off season, when a couple different services, including, I know uh, Mike Clay for ESPN does this and, and, you know, another, you know, maybe football outsiders are pro football focused. A lot of people rank the Saints as having the best roster in the NFL, top to bottom, meaning offensive line, defense, you know, obviously Kamara, Thomas, Breeze. I think we have seven Saints players in our ESPN top 100 ranking uh, heading into the year. Um, and and this, is, this is what that was about. This is not just uh, Sean Payton and Drew Breeze and, you know, 52 other guys. It's, it's the most well-rounded team over these last couple of years that we've ever covered in New Orleans from, from top to bottom. And I think this was proof that they don't just rely on one thing and they're capable of winning in a lot of different ways. Well, you talk about the depth. I mean, you have to mention Latavius Murray because obviously Alvin Kamara was out yesterday, but uh, Latavius Murray has really seemed to step up one rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown. Is he who is he finally becoming who you thought he was going to be for the Saints team? Well, I mean, I, I did not ever predict over 300 yards from scrimmage in a two-week basis. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you know, what Mark Ingram is missed from this team, especially what he meant emotionally to this team. And he was so close with Kamari, so close with Cameron Jordan. Everybody loved him in the locker room. Uh, but I always said that that was sort of a luxury that they had when they had Kamara and and. Ingram, you know, most teams don't have two Pro Bowl running backs on the same team. And then I liked, you know, that Murray seemed like the perfect uh, number two or 1B or whatever you want to call him to Kamara. You know, Kamara the starter and Murray, you know, the ideal kind of guy who can spell him, get, you know, 10 to 15 touches in a game. And if Kamara ever went out, he could step up and, and, and have a number one workload because he's done that both in Oakland and Minnesota before. Um, so I, I thought he was a really nice fit, even when he was not getting a lot of touches early in the season. But I'm not going to pretend like I thought, oh, yeah, if Kamara ever misses a game, Murray's going to be <laughs> the best running back in the league for two weeks. Well, Mike, now I can't ask you this, though. Um, Michael Thomas, is he an MVP candidate? Because Ooh. he's he's on pace to do some special things, uh, not just team-wise, but maybe NFL record-wise here at the midpoint. Well, it's funny they say receivers – did I see a stat that a receiver has never won MVP? That actually, I believe that would be correct. I, you know, uh, and, and see the thing about that, I thought I thought maybe Jerry Rice would have won it one year, but I don't think he that? did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't sure about the history, but I, I would say that candidacy for a receiver would look an awful lot like this, which is, A, your quarterback goes down and the backup comes in for five weeks and you don't miss a beat and you let the backup lean on you just as much as Drew Brees did. So... It's not just about Drew Brees getting the ball to him. Teddy Bridgewater got the ball to him just as much. And then obviously, which, you know, is still probably the biggest concern on this team, is no other real reliable pass catchers outside of 
you know, on a consistent basis outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and they've been playing without Jared Cook for the last three games. They've been playing out without Trey Quan Smith for most of the season. Keith Kirkwood went on IR. So every defense goes against the Saints knowing that Michael Thomas is the guy they're going to throw to ten times a game, and no one can stop him, not even a eight-time Pro Bowl corner like, like Patrick Peterson yesterday. So if ever there is a case for a receiver to be an MVP, this is, this is what it would look like. Mike, uh, you talked about the defense earlier today. How much can you credit uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson for how much he's stepped up? I mean, you're without P.J. Williams due to sus- suspension. Uh, you're without P. Rob and, and C.J. Garner-Johnson. He's, he started off a little shaky in the season, t- kind of needed to get his, his feet wet, but now he seemed to have really settled into this defense. Well, he's and, and the thing that's obviously stood out without, you know, I don't know what his uh, – his grades are week in and week out from the coaches. If he's doing every assignment right, you know, if he's having three hits and one miss, you know, as you might expect from a rookie. But he is certainly attacking and, and playing such an aggressive, uh, um, you know, I mean, sort of like the classic, uh, you know, Roman Harper seasons or whatever, you know, where he's getting those open field tackles for loss and, and you know, going for turnovers and pass breakups and stuff like that. I mean, he, you notice him on the field. Um, multiple times a game, and uh, uh, that's kind of an exciting style of football to watch from a rookie. He's not timid. (laughs) All right, Mike, this ain't football-related. You and I are old-times Picune alums. I guess everybody who does something in town now is an old-times Picune alum. (laughs) But but seeing that tower come down, what did that do to you? Because it kind of struck me. It really – I don't want to say I got – you know, super duper emotional, but it it kind of bothered he me to see the much. tower come down. He cried. You know how how did how did that strike you? Yeah, it's just funny when I was I was just driving by uh, looking at the the empty spot um, after the game the other day. Uh, it's such a shame. I mean, it's, it's happened gradually. You know, I mean, um, I think when we were working there and we both moved here and started working there, we thought, oh, this is going to be great. We can yeah, work for this. <laughs> we can work for this newspaper until we retire. You, you you don't think times are going to change, uh, especially now with an institution like that. So that is that is absolutely tough. Well, thanks, JD, for ending us on a such sorrowful note. Yeah, no Jeez. Well, you know, I, I bring it. You know, I bring it from all angles. <laughs> all right, Mike. We know you guys have conference calls to get to, uh, so we appreciate you joining us and uh, enjoy your off week. All right, you too. Thanks to Mike for joining us on the show today. We will have another episode on Wednesday of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek, but because of the bye week, we will not have a show on Friday or Monday. So the next time we will talk to you will be on Wednesday, October 30th, and then you won't hear from us again until November 6th. That'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing, but with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners, that's you, will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. Thanks for joining us on today's show. We'll hear from you on Wednesday.